This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today our guest will be Mississippi's 8th Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce, Andy Gibson. We'll talk with him about his family, his faith, his career. Plus, we'll discuss the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. Hey, you can be part of the show. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting for more information. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. Um... Let's see. It got cool, and then it got warm, but it's about to get cool again. So fall is back on the way, so just to let you know, and actually some parts of the states, it probably already has cooled off a little bit. Hey, look, we got a great guest today. We got Mississippi's 8th Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. Andy Gibson is in the house, and we'll talk to him about family, faith, and his career. You know, just he and I were talking a little bit before we got on the air, and this is going to be a great show. Actually, Andy and I um, judge cows together last Friday. So we'll talk about that too. And you're probably thinking, well, Marshall, you seem like a nice guy. What do you know about cows? Very little actually, but it's a pretty cow contest. And you know what? After 15 years of judging a pretty cow contest, I can tell you what a pretty cow is definitely. But Andy's, I, I tell you, Andy's got a great story. And on top of that, um, just seeing him at the fair, I don't think I have seen any human being have any more fun at a job than he had over watching him at the fair. So anyway, look forward to talking to him. We're going to bring him on the show here in a few minutes. And of course, uh, my good friend Michelle is on the other side of the glass. She's just waving. She's not feeling herself today. She's like, uh, she, I tell you, on top of that, she's not feeling well. We're not going to get into the details because of HIPAA, mind you, because we don't want to let everybody know how she's not feeling well. But also, too, Jordan had a birthday over the weekend, and so she got to chaperone a birthday party which a bu- with a bunch of teenage girls. And I tell you what, I have no experience with that because I have boys, but that has to be exhausting. So anyway, she will uh, talk to as well, too. Um, a quick shout out to our friends over in Florida right now. Um, Hurricane Michael came through last week, which uh, was just an absolute buzzsaw. Um, as you may have noticed, when it got to the coast of Florida, it just got stronger and stronger and stronger, came in as a high category four, maybe even a category five, hit right near Panama City. I know a lot of you are thinking right now, but I love Panama City and me too. I had a lot of great memories there and I think we all do. The water's beautiful. The beach is great. Um, it hit Panama City hard, but it destroyed Mexico City Beach, which is right off Mexico Beach, which is right off of, uh, I guess, to the right of Panama City. I'd never been there before. Absolutely gorgeous little community. But seeing the pictures of that area, 
Uh, I don't know about you, but I had complete PTSD. I was sitting there looking at it thinking Waveland. I was thinking past Christiane. I was thinking Gulfport. I was thinking Biloxi. I was thinking Pascagoula. I mean, it literally looks like the Mississippi Gulf Coast because the storm surge came in. I think it was like 13 feet. It wasn't as high as it was here. But, I mean, 13 feet of storm surge is definitely enough to cause all kinds of chaos. And it did. And and there was, there was actually one video on there that showed – uh, a time lapse of the storm coming in from the beach. And, you know, there's always that dilemma of people who cannot afford to evacuate whenever there is a called evacuation. But after watching that, uh, I probably would have figured out a way to run out of there because that was absolutely terrifying. And it wasn't just the water coming in, which a lot of people think, well, you know, 13 feet of water. You don't understand. That's like being inside of a washing machine. So you're getting hit by all the debris. You're getting hit by the the storm surge and everything else. But on top of that, there was like 155 mile an hour winds blowing through. And literally, um, there have been victims in past hurricanes with that kind of wind that have actually died from sandblasting. Um, that you just can't even fathom that kind of winds. So you had the combination of wind and so forth. And in like Katrina, you know, it cut up through the through the inland area. And so now there are a lot of people in inland Florida and Alabama and Georgia that are without power because so many trees came down. And I think a lot of people in you know, communities like Laurel and Hattiesburg and all along South Mississippi right now are just nodding and realizing how tough these folks have got it. So uh, one really cool picture that I saw this morning, and I tweeted it out. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Marshall Ramsey. I'm pretty, uh, it's pretty easy to find. But I said the cavalry's coming because here you had truck after truck after truck of power trucks all lined up in Pensacola ready to go into the affected area. And you know, I, I wrote a, a letter to the folks in Florida, kind of, and it ended up in USA Today, which that was kind of neat. But it was basically a letter saying, hey, look, we're going to tell you what's going to happen here. Um, it's going to be a few days of complete terror because you don't know what's going to happen next. You don't think that anybody's going to come to help you. But then there is going to be a huge wave of people that are going to come and help you. And I can tell you just from the, the few times that I went down to help on the Gulf Coast, and, and, and I'm telling you this not to say that I was some kind of hero for going down to do that because I was just one ant in a million that came down to help uh, our friends down on the Gulf Coast. And I only went down for a few days and, and did some work down there. But um, the one thing I, I noticed was, number one, I was working cleaning off lots and cleaning out debris from people all around this country. I mean, I had one person next to me was from New York, had one person from Oregon, I had one person. And, you know, and, and Andy and I can probably talk about this a little bit too because he, he, he actually preaches. He's a little more qualified on such matters than I am. But I, I've been to Sunday school for many, many years and as a kid, and, I, and I've read the, the, the good book. And, and, you know, that was one of those cases where everything that I ever read in Sunday school or heard in church came to life. It was truly faith um, going, just le- leaping off the page. And it was incredibly powerful. And, and, and honestly, that's going to happen for those folks again too. But I, I honestly, I don't know how that area is going to come back. It, it's just very difficult. But then again, I probably said the same thing about the Mississippi Gulf coast. We're incredibly resilient people. So that was uh, incredible. Um, got to go down to Laurel and go speak at the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it was great. I saw Judge Pickering. I had not seen him in a long time. Saw a lot of people in, in Jones County that I haven't seen, too, because I haven't been down there to speak in a while. So it was great. Had a good evening. 
Um, you know, the speech was strong, got a standing ovation, which was was great. Either that or everybody's legs had fallen asleep and they just needed to stand up, one of the two. But it was it was good to get down there, took a couple back roads instead of going down the usual way. And so one of the things that always strikes me about Mississippi, and, and I'm going up to Clarksdale this week to go speak to their chamber. One of the things that strikes me about Mississippi is sometimes I like to get off the beaten path because we're an incredibly gorgeous state. And, I, I you know, we seems like I'm always in a hurry and I'm running from A to B to Z to, you know, like last week I went from, you know, I went from um, Columbus to Jackson to down to the Gulf Coast and then came back and to Oxford. It was just like felt like a yo-yo. But when you do get the chance to slow down and you look around and you get to see how incredibly gorgeous this place, especially this time of year, because, I mean, it's fall and it's really nice. So that was that was. um just really a cool trip and, and looking forward to going up and to my, see my friends up in the Delta this week, too. So been incredibly busy, uh, you know, enjoyed the football games over the weekend, too, which is always great. So I had a good weekend with the family, got to watch the son go run. So he's coming back from an injury and he had a really good race. I was proud of him. He got a T-shirt, which means he was one of the top finishers. So had a good race in his cross country. So it was a good weekend for me. And I know you had a good weekend as well. And I know Michelle had a great weekend. So anyway, she's nodding. So she she's just not feeling good today, which is so unusual for Michelle because she's usually the energy of this show. She is the heartbeat. She is the life as well. So we've got Andy Gibson on here, which, by the way, um, we did get to judge cows. I mentioned on that the pretty cow win- winner. And he and I will talk about that here in a minute. Uh, I got to judge that on Friday night. And, you know, I've done that, like I said, for several years. Kim Allen, who's, of course, on another radio station here in, in town and just absolutely a great person. And she she and I have always done it together. We Tony Mastro used to do it with us when he was a weather uh, man for or meteorologist for WJTV. But we, we got to judge the cows. And I tell you, when you have 24 kids pulling a 1,500-pound cow that probably doesn't like being in a costume. There's always that little air of danger, you know, on that. But, but in last year, as a matter of fact, the winning cow got fed up with having the costume on, on and broke loose and literally leapt over the fence and ran out of the livestock arena. It was an awesome moment. But it, for me, it is so rewarding to see these kids. They get out there and they really get into it and they work really hard. And so that is really a lot of fun, too. So, well, Michelle, I think it might be a good time for us to take a break, don't you think? I think so. She's kind of nodding. So we're going to take a quick break here in just a second. And coming back, we're going to have, as our special guest, Commissioner Andy Gibson. So this is Now You're Talking, only on MPB Think Radio. like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter, too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We've got a great guest today. It's somebody that I've had fun drawing cartoons about over the last few years. And, uh, of course, he was in the legislature for many years. And then when 
Of course, now Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith was appointed to the Senate. That opened up a job over at the um, Agriculture Department. And guess who was tapped by the governor to fill it in? And I think he's had a great time for every single second he's been over there. We've got Andy Gibson in the house. Andy, it's good to see you. It's great to be here. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's been a it's been a joy to serve as Agriculture and Commerce Commissioner. Yeah, you you went out. I Literally, I think the governor called you, and you went out and you got that hat, didn't you? Well, I already had the hat. I, I wore it on the weekends on okay. my farm. Yeah. And now I have a reason to wear it every day. You so do. I, you I, you do. And you got the shirt. about this job. I that got says genuine, genuine uh, MS. Yeah. Genuine Mississippi. It's that's our right. new marketing program. I have a shirt. I, uh, I'm so glad to be in Mississippi, from Mississippi, lived my whole life here, grateful for our great state and our great farmers and ranchers and landowners. They're the best people, and they have the best ideas. I, I really enjoyed the last six months visiting all over the state. Yeah, I about to say, I mean, you get a chance to go talk to folks, and I was just thinking if I got appointed that, there would be a pretty steep learning curve, but you'd already been, I mean, and you were telling me a little bit about yeah. yourself, about how when you were in college. Yeah. Um, you were out there, you were running a farm while you were getting your degree. I started raising cows when I was 13 years old. It was, it was a dream of mine. So that made the fair that much more special because you're looking yeah. at those kids going, you know what, I was there. Yeah, brought back a lot of memories. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I actually, uh, we have a family farm uh, down the road from where I live today in, in Simpson County. Mm -hmm. And he and I went when I was a, uh, 12 or 13 and we uh, cleared some pasture, cut pulpwood. You could do that back then and, and hauled it and took the money and planted it in pasture and then got my first few cows. And so uh, I was doing that all through high school, driving from where we lived in Brandon to the farm. And then when I graduated uh, at Brandon, I said, Daddy, I want to move to the farm. I, I did the opposite of what a lot of people do. And he said, where are you going to live? And I said, well, I, uh, I want to build a cabin halfway in the pasture and halfway in the woods. He said, okay. Go pick you out a spot. And I did. I spent the summer of my after high school there uh, building a 300-square-foot cabin on the family farm. And uh, I, I would describe it as the ultimate bachelor pad, really. Uh, I, I would not recommend that my children live in something that like that. It was pretty rustic. It's still there. That's what we're saying. Uh, you, were, you were doing like a Walden Pond kind of experience. Yeah, that was my dream. And yeah. uh, raising cows, sitting on my front porch, uh, I, I did live without electricity for a, a few years there. Uh, I, I, I was very glad and fortunate to have a scholarship at Mississippi College, so I would commute uh, during college from the farm to Clinton yeah. and back, which was a good time to think. But then, you know, back to the farm and uh, lived like that for uh, about seven years and really enjoyed it. Uh, I was uh, I was single, uh, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to meditate. I was poor. But I was happy. That's right. And uh, raising those cows and, and pine trees, too. We, uh, so I told the governor when he called, yeah, this is the dream of, of my life. Uh, uh, later on, when I became a lawyer, I joined and have been a member of the American Agricultural Law Association for like 20 years. And I always tried to figure out how could I, you know, be an agricultural lawyer. And then here I am today, legal background, ag law and commissioner of agriculture still living on the farm. And hey, you look back, I mean, in experience in the legislature too, you look back at all these facets of your life and it's like you were preparing for this moment. Yes. That's what my wife told me. Leslie's her name. Which by the way, um, you even conned her into coming and living in the, in the, 
in the cabin too. So that, that's kind of a story. I met yeah. I met Leslie in Provine Chapel at Mississippi College my last week of college. Really? Yeah. Uh, Man, that was like we waiting until the clock ran was, out. It was a divine appointment. I would think and, so. <clears throat> Uh, I invited her. I asked her out on a date, and she said, I don't believe in casual dating. I wow. said, well, what do you believe in? She said, I believe in courting. Wow. I said, well, let's go courting. Yeah. She said, you have to ask my dad permission. Wow. I said, okay, what's his phone number? She said, he lives in St. Louis, Missouri. you got to go see him in person. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, so I got in my truck. Once that, well, that was that summer, my last year at college. Drove up there, asked permission to court when she came back. And then I invited her and her family to my cabin to see where I lived. And her dad said, what are you going to do about this? After Later on when I asked her to marry, I, he said, what are you going to do about this? And so I made some modernization improvements. Yeah, you it. doubled the size on it. I went to 600 square feet and uh, made it fully modern. And when we got married, we had our wedding uh, at a church and then... We had our reception in the front yard of our cabin with the cows out there. And I told the people as a joke, we had tables and chairs set up. I said, now, look, when the chickens go to roost, y'all all got to leave. Yeah. And about the time the sun went down, chickens started flying up in the trees. You should have heard those folding chairs, wop, 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 closing up. They were getting getting out out of there. there. That's right. Well, I I imagine you didn't serve steak. Well, we served fried chicken, turnip greens, carrots, and mashed potatoes and gravy, as I recall, and plenty of sweet tea. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that'd be a little rude right in front of the cows, though, to be like, you know, that's throwing right. a few steaks on the grill. That's right. Eat more chicken, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that, yeah, you and I were talking a little bit before we got on the air about how, um, you know, life has just gotten so incredibly complex. I mean, and I think yeah. about that, you know, this thing I'm holding in my hand, which this is radio, of course, I'm holding mm-hmm. a phone. Which is wonderful because we have all the knowledge in the universe there, but we also have all the knowledge in the universe. And, you know, when you spend seven hours a day staring at a screen, you kind of miss out on a few things. Yeah, you can access the world here, but sometimes we miss out on the world right around us. That's right. Whether it's our families or our our work. And, you know, uh, back in those days, uh, that experience was probably very healthy for me. I, I I didn't even have a cell phone back then. Uh, I would go to a pay phone and call Leslie when she was in Missouri. Uh, and <clears throat> can't even find a pay phone anymore. Yeah, I'm about to say, a lot of younger kids are like going, huh? But, but what it did for me was it allowed me a lot of time to think, a lot yeah. of time to plan, prepare. And I was thinking about the future and uh, really asking God what his will was for my life and what direction to take, and uh, it's been a great journey. Well, obviously, you got your law degree. What did you study undergrad at Mississippi so College? So when I went to, I got a scholarship, I told you, Mississippi yeah. College, and I uh, majored double, I got the equivalent of a double major in history and political science and Christian studies. Okay. Uh, that is what my degree said. I, I, I did enough to get a major in both of them. So I spent a lot of time in Provine Chapel, which incidentally is the chapel that is so old, Ulysses Grant watered his mules in it, uh, oh, stabled wow. his mules in it back during the Civil War campaign. But I, I spent a lot of time there and in the uh, history and political science department as well. I studied constitutional law, very intrigued by that. When I went to college, in my mind, I was going to go to seminary. I yeah. really felt like I needed to do that. By the time about my second or third year rolled around, I was leaning another direction. And uh, someone, one of my good friends and you know, wise people in my life said, why don't you take the law school admissions test and 
uh, you know, you can do that. You can still go to seminary or whatever, but, you know, you might be able to do some more things. So I did. I took that LSAT test, and I did uh, well enough on it. I was very grateful to God. I, I, I obtained a full scholarship to MC School of Law. Wow. And uh, otherwise, I could not have gone to right. law school because I was poor. I know what it means to be poor and not have health insurance. And, um, anyway, still living there on the farm. Uh, at that point in my life, Leslie and I were courting. Mm-hmm. And uh, we courted for a year. We were engaged for a year. And then we got married in my uh, third year of law school. And um, very, very uh, great ride there at, at MC School of Law. Wonderful uh, uh, education. A lot of good legal background and still very passionate about how our country began, the Constitution, Mm -hmm. the uh, freedoms that we enjoy, uh, our way of life as Americans and as Mississippians. And so uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I I practice law uh, to make a living. And we, Leslie and I decided when we got married in 2001, we're going to stay on the farm. We want to live on the farm. We had a great garden. Uh, we didn't have any kids, of course, but uh, we were still raising cows and and uh, loved to walk in the woods and just experience God's beautiful creation. And we said we want to raise our family on the farm. And uh, in two, I forget the year, but a, another farm down the road came up uh, for sale. It had a two. It had a uh, a uh, 900 square foot shotgun house mm. on it that was built in 1941. It was a beautiful little home, and it was 300 more square feet than our cabin. All right, so it was like big upgrading. We decided we would buy that place, clean it up, and uh, purchase our own farm in addition to the, the Gibson family farm. So we moved over there. And about the time we were starting to think about having children. And we uh, lived in that little shotgun house, 900 square feet, one bedroom, a washroom, a kitchen, smaller than, well, smaller than uh, a lot of kitchens. And, uh, but it was big to us. We had more room. And lo and behold, uh, our first child, well, I got to back up though. I, I don't want to, we, we lost four uh, pregnancies, four wow. children. Wow. During that period of time. Um, and if my wife is listening, uh, I, I know she would want me to share this. And, and those were the darkest days of my life. That's really tough. Of yeah. her life, of our life together. Um, one after the other, we couldn't understand why, you know, uh, everything in life seemed to be going toward that, that plan for us to raise a family. And it just, uh, heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak, one fourth of July, uh, we were at a fireworks show and uh, uh, lost uh, Leslie lost that pregnancy right there, and we wept, and it was a, a really an awful time in our lives. But we did seek some uh, medical advice and mm-hmm. attention, and in the end, uh, in 2004, our first son Joseph was born. Thank God for him. And then later on, we had Benjamin. In fact, uh, Benjamin is only 13 months. After Joseph was born, Benjamin was born. That's as close as they can be without being twins, I tell people. <laughs> and then later on, Abigail and Sarah. So we have two boys and two girls, and we have um, expanded our home, raising our kids on the farm. I was about them. to say, I hope you're past one bedroom. Oh, yeah. we yeah. we we got bedrooms for the kids, and uh, we have taught our children what it means to take care of livestock, animals, 
to take care of the land, to be good stewards of the the creation God has given us. And that's kind of my life in a nutshell. Now, all that said, before I got asked to run for the legislature, Mm -hmm. um, somebody asked me one day had I ever thought about running for the legislature. And I, I really... I remembered what I had studied back in the day at MC and and MC School of Law, and I really still had that passion for really upholding our freedoms. And uh, I, I said, I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to talk with Leslie about it. And we we felt like that was God's will for us. Uh, it was not easy. I ran against a 16 year incumbent, and uh, but uh, won. It, it had a primary and then a runoff and then a November general election against a Democrat. So it was a long year, and I had developed feet problems by the time that year came to a close. I bet. I bet you were knocking on, and probably calluses on your knuckles from knocking on doors, too, I'd imagine. I did. I, I went, I got in my pickup truck, drove down the road to a voter's home, and I knocked and introduced myself, and that's how that's how I ran. That's, that's kind of the way we still op- operate today as much as I can. I love to meet people. You know, and that's, that's uh, I think a lot of politicians around the country would be kind of surprised because in Mississippi, I think if people don't know you, they're not going to pay attention to you. Yeah. And that's particularly true in politics. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. you got to get out there and meet people. It's not like you can just stick television ads out there or send out a nice tweet or whatever. Yeah. you got to get out there and press the flesh. you got to know. They want to know who your mama is. Exactly. Your daddy is. Exactly. And uh, so... Yeah, that was 2007. And you climbed up through the ranks pretty quickly, too. I mean, you got into leadership positions pretty quickly. Well, I served for four years in the minority. Yeah. So I, I know and appreciate what that feels like. And I uh, I was in the minority in the Mississippi House of Representatives. And then when Speaker Gunn was elected, I was fortunate to nominate him as the first Republican Speaker of the state of Mississippi since, uh, well, for hundred over 100 years. And... Um, as a result, yeah, I've served as chairman, Judd B., yeah. and uh, later on chairman as the ethics committee in the House, and uh, was very uh, thankful, very grateful to Speaker Gunn for giving me the, um, really the independence and the authority to, to take up legislation and to pass bills and work on bills that were important to me and to all of us, uh, bills that I believe in, and issues that I was passionate about, and we did that for almost 12 years, and Hey, very controversial. Yeah. Uh, I, I got the hate mail. Oh, and you got cartoons drawn about you, too. You got, I know yeah, that. that's right. <laughs> some good ones, some not so exactly. good. Exactly. Well, if you liked uh, all of them, I wouldn't yeah, be doing my but job. We're still but, a fan. Yeah. We're, we're a fan. You're, you're one of the best. And thank you, by the way, for what you did for the Bush family. That was so. Uh, they were they were uh, really great. They were, I got really nice thank you notes from them last week. Yeah, so they're good very, people. Very good work. But. Um, worked, of course, closely with uh, governor when he was lieutenant governor uh, over the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when he became governor, we had worked on a lot of his issues. We passed the Landowner Protection Act for Mississippi mm-hmm. farmers through our committee and, and killed a lot of bills that would have harmed farmers and yeah. agriculture. So, yeah, that's that's uh, my, the story of my life up to last March. Yeah, I'm, that was I'm, also, too, and there's one other component that you really didn't miss. You're also an ordained Baptist minister. So you're you're busy on Sundays too. No day of rest for you. In 2010, yeah, um, I was minding my own business. I started this by telling you I planned to go to seminary. I never yeah. did, and uh, I won't take time. I won't get into the details. But uh, yeah, God called me to preach, mm-hmm. and he, uh, I felt in my spirit I must surrender to preach. Do you sleep ever? Um, 
I do. Okay, I sleep, just checking. And I sleep well. Okay. But, uh, there's, oh, I know that. I wake I mean, up, <laughs> you know, I think all week long about the sermon I'm going to bring on, on Sunday morning. Yeah. Whether I'm cutting the grass or driving down the road, I'm thinking. I know the text. I know the word. And then I get up Sunday morning, most time, Sunday morning, early, and I put an outline on paper, and that's... Okay, that so you're not one of those people that actually reads it. I that's don't. good, because that drives me nuts. I tried that, yeah. and it didn't work. No, it's never real. I couldn't get it done. Right. And I, and I wasn't good at it, so I just outlined, and then, uh, you know, it's never failed. I, uh, I have a, a word to bring on Sunday morning. Excellent. Yesterday, I preached on harvest time, which was very timely. I would think so. Tis <laughs> the season. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that as I'm driving around, a lot of, lot of cotton being harvested right now. That's a lot right. of stuff going on yeah. as well. And I can't wait to talk to you about that. We'll talk about... Um, Oh, we got to mention the fair, too. We'll oh, talk, yeah. We'll talk about that next segment because, like I said, you were like a kid in a candy store last week. You were oh, just having so much fun. So. A lot of fun, a lot of good people. Good people, definitely. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll continue talking with Commissioner Andy Gibson. If you'd like to speak to our guest today, the phone lines are open, so you can give me a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. Don't go far. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Whether traveling through Oxford or Tupelo, stuck in traffic in Jackson or Meridian, or cruising along the coast in Biloxi or Ocean Springs, MPB goes with listeners wherever they go. Your company's message can go along, too. Go to mpbonline.org slash underwriting to find out how. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, we've been talking with Andy Gibson. He's the Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. And if you'd like to give us a call, well, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show at marshall at mpbonline.org. And the show might even answer you. So just, uh, we'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, Andy, you know, you talk about your life. And I mean, it's just, it's just a really... Kind of a cool story on how you, it sounds like you've, you've got incredible focus. You're that or you're really good at time management. Well, I want to give God the, the credit for every good thing in my life because I, I, I tried to I pray and uh, seek his will. And, um, you know, it seems like, like dominoes. I just everything fell into place. And I have no doubt I'm doing now what uh, God has been planning for me to do for for quite some time. Well, I mean, and, you know, to, to go Presbyterian on you here for a second, I mean, it looked like everything was kind of predestined. Cause, and, yeah. and, but, I mean, it's like everything, boom, 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 boom. It's led up to this moment. And, I mean, but did you have any clue that the governor was going to call you that day? No. I no. had no clue. Really? I, I uh, you know, eight months ago, let's see, Thad Cochran was senator. Uh, Cindy Hyde-Smith was agriculture commissioner. I was happy doing what I was doing in the Mississippi legislature. Um, although I will tell you, I had pretty much made up my mind. I was not going to run again. Really? I told a few people that, not many. Uh, the governor did not know that. Yeah. My wife knew it and a few of our close friends. Because, really, Leslie looked at me one morning and said, you've, you've already done everything you tried. You wanted to do. What are you going to do? Right. Why are you there? And I said, you got a good point. I need to find something else to do. So I was praying about it. Um you know, I certainly would not have run against Cindy. Uh, I I certainly um, was contemplating other things that I might do. And then the phone, well, one day I'll tell you this story. 
we were trying to pass a road and bridge bill in That's March. Right. And it was like beating your head against the wall. Couldn't get anybody to agree on. Everybody agreed we need to do something, but what we're going to do. And I'm very glad the legislature and the leadership passed something after I left <laughs> this summer. They got it done. And, and it's, no, uh, yeah. it's not because of you. It's, that's right. No, <laughs> you, I, weren't, you weren't the I roadblock. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't because of me. But I was beating my head against the wall. It felt yeah. like, you know, why am I wasting my time here? And I, I, the thought crossed my mind. I'm going to walk out those doors, and I'm going to, I'm going to the house. I'm going to do something else. And the telephone rang. This was in March. You can go back and look and see whatever day Cindy Hyde Smith was appointed. Yeah, that was the day, and it was it said no caller ID, and I thought those daggum telemarketers got my <laughs> cell phone, and I almost didn't answer it, and I did, and it was governor, and he said, uh, he said, Andy, I'm I'm driving to appoint Cindy Hyde Smith. Uh, the Senate, United States Senator, and we need an agriculture commissioner. Would you consider doing it? I said, Governor, I really want to do it, uh, but I need to pray about it and talk to Leslie about it. He said, Fine, take all the time you need, but get back to me by eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that, <laughs> all, that's all pretty much how I went. Yeah, and I went home, stopped by the co-op on the way home, bought some cow feed. And I uh, called Leslie, said, I'm coming home. We need to talk. And as we sat and talked with our kids that afternoon, um, uh, we all ultimately had a sense, yeah, this was something we, we absolutely needed to do. And this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to serve the people of Mississippi and to take all the skills that that uh, God has blessed me with over the years and try to roll them into doing some good for the farmers and Mississippi agriculture and for the good people of our whole state. And so uh, the answer was yes. I got to tell you, though, my, my daughters were sad. They really? Didn't want, yeah, my daughters, they're nine and, and six, and they were crying because they were saying, Daddy, we, we won't go to the Capitol. We won't see our friends at the legislature. Yeah. I said, yeah, we will. And I said, oh, by the way, did you know the commissioner is over the state fair? And the rodeo, and they stopped crying all of a sudden. Exactly. Yeah, they like were, we can get three tickets. Then they were all on board. They were ready to go. And Abigail asked if she could sing the national anthem uh, at the Dixie National Rodeo. I said, we might can make that happen one day. Yeah, I know people. Yeah, yeah right. we might can make that I know happen. people. Now, of course, the fair is, as I was driving by today, they're shutting down everything. It's amazing how fast they can dis- disassemble it. It's almost scary how fast yeah. they can disassemble it. How many hours did you spend there over the two weeks? I have no idea. I can't tell you how many hours. You were there most there. of the time, weren't you? Most of the time. Yeah. I was there uh, every day except for one day I was there. Uh, and uh, on that day I was going on a farm tour. And I I, um, I, I want you to know that it, it was enjoyable to me. I yeah, enjoy, you, you seemed like you were having so much fun. It was uh, one of those things that uh, I've been to all my life. I've always been to the fair. I've yeah. never missed a year since I was two years old. My parents met at the state fair. Really? My mom and dad had a, they skipped church on a Wednesday night, both of them, for a blind date. One of their, their friends set them up. They met in front of the livestock barn where we were judging. That's right, yeah. And that's where they first met. So technically, I wouldn't exist if it weren't for the Mississippi State Fair. <laughs> See, once again, you were, it was. I know. I, so I've been there all my life. I love it. I uh, have never had the, the, the opportunity to, to be a part of overseeing it, but I have thoroughly enjoyed it from the livestock shows to the entertainment to the midway to the, the, the concerts, the rides that we had. 
the antique car show. I was at their big event Saturday uh, evening, and you know, it's 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 one of those events. It's the largest event in the state of Mississippi. Right. I always tell people it's like literally the best cross section of Mississippi you're going to get because yeah. you've got black, white, green, yellow. Doesn't matter. Everybody yeah. is there having a good time together in one place. Exactly, and that's one reason I this was so exciting to me to be commissioner. Because I've spent a lot of time, let's face it, I've handled some pretty controversial legislation. In, over no. Here. Yeah, I no, I've never noticed and, that. Uh, it was it was quite controversial. Yeah. But this is one thing. Agriculture brings us together. We all have to eat. We all have to wear clothes. We all have to have shelter over our head. And we'd like to know that the gas pump's not ripping us off. Absolutely. We want to know we're getting what we're, what we're uh, paying for. And the fair is a microcosm of that. You, you, you see people yeah. from every background. Everybody's coming together having a good time. I don't know the numbers yet, but, you know, over 600,000 people. You think it was a good year? Oh, it was a great year. Oh, the weather was perfect. Weather was perfect. It was perfect. hot the first week, but it was it was still good weather. A couple of days of hot weather and then cooled off, and we had a, it was a really good year. We'd, we'll get the final numbers here in the next couple of days. But um, I love people, and I love to visit with folks, and I'm, I'm getting to do that in this uh, role. And, you know, I've, I, the people have the best ideas. Yeah. The best ideas, the the agenda that we are putting in place for the agriculture and commerce uh, department, it is a farmer-driven agenda. It is a people-driven agenda, uh, and and specifically uh, young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have four kids. I want all four of them to succeed. I hope they're all involved in agriculture, but I want that same thing for all the young people in Mississippi. Uh, I want them to succeed. I want them to do well in whatever uh, their their vocation may be. Right. But uh, we, we, for agriculture and for commerce, uh, we've got to have the next generation of Mississippians step up to the plate. You know, it's living here. Of course, I grew up in Georgia, so it's like there's big ag there, too. But moving here, it's it's so much part of the DNA and the fabric of what Mississippi is. And, yeah. and you know, one thing I never really realized um, was how just on the just cusp that farmers are every day. I mean, they yeah. between equipment costs, fuel costs, insurance, regulations, everything else. Yeah. When you get a small farmer out there, they're having to really hump it to yeah. make a living. Absolutely. You know, it is increasingly difficult for farmers to make a living. We have 36,200 farms in this state. Yeah. Uh, the average age of a farmer is 63 years old in Mississippi. Wow. That's higher than the national average of 50-something. Uh, but of those 36,200 farms, about two-thirds of those work another job to keep the farm going. Yeah. And I'm very thankful for that. But they're, you know, not only working the farm, but also having to make a living through uh, other work. And then the one-third of the farmers who are making a living, uh, yeah, it's it's a margin. And that margin's getting tighter and tighter right. every every year, tougher and tougher. Things cost more. Uh, there are more, as you said, regulations that the, the, the government sometimes tries to ram down folks' throats. And uh, all those things make it difficult. But farmers are the toughest people in the world. And, and they have great courage and great faith uh, to get up and say, you know, we're ready to put in another crop. And we're going to take out a loan to do that. And we're going to get out and work and then believe that at the end the harvest is going to come in and we're going to can make a go of it. That that is that's faith in a nutshell. That is faith in a nutshell. You got it. And so I, as I've been through the Delta and the north uh, northeast Mississippi, southwest Mississippi, southeast all over the state, 
farmers tell me the same thing. You know, keep keep the government out of our way. Uh, let's uh, try to get this, uh, these, these, this trade issue resolved quickly so we can have better opportunities next year. And yeah. I think we're really close to getting that done. And the, the next generation, you know, I, I stood in a – do you like Smith County watermelons? No, the best. Uh, best in yeah. the world, like Vidalia onions. I stood in a farmer's field in Smith County, uh, and he, it was one of the first melons of the year. I busted it open in his field. We had it together. I said, how many of y'all growing – Smith County watermelons. He said, "There's a, eight of us. All of us are retirement age, and wow. we can't. There's nobody coming behind to keep it going." And that's when it hit me. This is happening really everywhere. Yeah, we got to have that next generation of young people. Maybe they didn't inherit a farm. They didn't have money to buy land. They're not going to have money to buy land unless you inherit land or you know are able to lease it inexpensively. It's hard to get into farming, but we can help bring that next generation in touch with this uh, retiring generation and help both and help our economy in the process. You know, um, just to go back on the fair a little bit, I'm, yeah. my favorite thing at the fair, I think, is probably the free biscuit. I've just I've always oh, yeah. loved to go get that. And so I come walking up to go get my free biscuit before judging the cows, and you're there on the microphone. Yeah. Yeah, selling free biscuits. I, uh, if you can't sell free biscuits, you can't sell anything. I told them it was the best deal on the fairgrounds. And yeah. When I was a boy, they had a microphone. A fellow sit there, and I don't remember who it was, but he would call it out. And I did that for one day without a microphone. And I said, <laughs> I got to have a PA system. Right. And so we did. And, you know, it's uh, it, 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 people smile when they get that they free do. biscuit. And I here I've got to thank Kroger, Prairie Farms, and Blackburn Syrup. They make it possible. And our employees at the department work after hours so folks can enjoy that absolutely free and uh it's a great feeling and you get to meet all kind of people i mean young old in between uh african-american white folks hispanic folks everybody's there and everybody loves a homemade buttermilk biscuit now i've got a confession for you i got a second one i ate two and I don't know if that's a, that may it's be a legal. Good, it is legal. Okay. When I was a boy, I thought I really thought I thought I you only go for one. one. Yeah. Right. I, I would go up like, you know, please may I have my biscuit, and then I would go off and eat it, and I never came back. But now I've learned. I'm the chairman of the fair commission. I can tell you, you can come back and get another one. They're absolutely free. We we got over a hundred thousand to give out. I mean, come on, get another one. We we we'll bake some more. We bake them five hundred and forty biscuits at a time. Per, per batch. Yeah. I'm, now I'm hungry. Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate thank that. Enjoy that. I was talking with, oh, we'll take a break. How about that? I hear the music. Michelle hit the magic music button, so we're going to do that. We're going to continue our conversation with the eighth, I can't believe there's only been eight, eighth commissioner yeah. of agriculture and commerce here in the state of Mississippi, Andy Gibson. If you want to give us a call, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. MPB listeners pay attention to quality. They look for quality in their work and their daily lives. If your business cares about quality customers, look to MPB. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting for more information. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. In the house is the 8th Agricultural Commissioner. Andy Gibson's here. 
Um, Andy, it's hard to believe, you know, when I guess I got here right after Jim Buck Ross had passed. And, yeah. of course, God, talk about an empire. I mean, he wow. had quite a legacy. Yeah. Um, you know, everything from the 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 museum, yep. which is pretty pretty nice, incredible. I don't know how many school trips I've ever been on with I, all my kids there. I, I was one of the first kids that went to that ag museum. I remember it. It was like a dream come true for me back in that day. And he was one of my heroes. I, he was Mississippi agriculture. He was, I mean, you talk about powerful politicians yeah. in Mississippi. I mean, he pretty much, he ran things. Yeah. 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 I mean, he walk up to the legislature and they go, how much would you like, sir? Yeah. You know, it's pretty amazing. And that then Lester Jimbo. Spell had it. And then yep. of course, Cindy got it too. So, and of course you've walked into this, you know, obviously you've kind of trained for this your whole life. You've had all these different experiences. So, but I mean, you also have to depend on a good staff and, you know, yeah. you obviously there are people from Cindy's uh department and you're going to bring in people one compliment that i heard was that somebody that that works at i mean that their organizations at the fair doing stuff Mm -hmm. every year they said this year everything was absolutely very customer friendly for them and they were very happy well and uh, you know i've got to give credit to our staff and one person in particular, our new executive director of the Fair Commission, is Steve Hutton. Yeah, and, apparently he's doing a great uh, job. Yeah, so yeah. we were without a director for some time, and he's doing a great job. And uh, clean, safe, and fun. That's what we wanted, and it, it all came together. Yeah, I don't recall hearing of any incidents, and there may have been, yeah. but I just don't remember there, hearing There were anything. rumors of incidents, but those incidents were from years ago. You know how Facebook is. They, but there was no, there were no major incidents at all. That's great. Uh, this year. Yeah, yeah. That, that's good that everybody behaved. Yeah, we were just talking about um, that there's some new things on the horizon that you're thinking about doing to yeah. help be able to obviously keep costs down, but to also help it grow and get bigger. Yeah, so serving in the legislature, I know times are tight, and I know I'm not going to be able to walk over there and hey, give, give me a few million dollars to add this or, or do this. So uh, thanks to the work that had already been done, we have a, a authority by the legislature to do some naming rights initiatives. And we're going to put somebody's name uh, on the Mississippi Coliseum. And somebody's name, if they want to put it on the biscuit booth, we'll do that too. Marshall you know, Ramsey free biscuit booth. That's right. That'd be great. <laughs> if they, you know, it's it's going to be at a price, but uh, the livestock barns, which is why we have a state fair. Yeah. Uh, we want to make some improvements there, and you know, we we really need to pave the the, the fairgrounds. But we're going to do some things like that to raise some private funds and. Uh, make some improvements for the long term yeah the new trademark that's huge that, oh, i mean that's going to be that was needed the, for a long time and that's going to be wonderful it is it's going to make it's going to be a restart for the entire yeah. fairgrounds we got a caller we have george and meridian who'd like to have a comment and question hey george welcome to the show uh thank you very much we hey, are george. actually on our way to jackson now and i just want to thank the commissioner for coming over to the mcc work center recently yeah. And uh, bringing us up to date on what was going on. And I also thank him for a contact he gave me. Uh, and uh, that contact paid off. So I just Good. let him know that. George, I thanks for calling. It. I'm glad. I enjoyed seeing you all the other day. And I was over there talking about this very workforce issue. And uh, glad we were able to help, too. Thank you for thank you for your kind words. That's good. Thanks, Magnificent. George. Magnificent uh, facility they got there, and they're adding to it continually. So, uh, uh, MCC is growing along with our other uh, our other community colleges with their workforce. So, just thank you for your support, and uh, wish you luck in your endeavors. Thank you, George. God bless. George, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. And of course, it sounded like he was driving through an electrical storm. Yeah. I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah. A little bit worried about that. Um, 
Yeah, we got a little bit of time, about four minutes left or three minutes left. Can Just, I talk about the Ag Museum? Yes, okay. t- and talk about you know anything else that's on that we haven't covered. Yeah. So the Ag Museum, uh, as I told you, I, from a child, it was one of my favorite places to go. And the animals there, now about five years ago, the barns burned. Oh, that was horrible, yeah. And uh, uh, finally, the insurance companies have come through, and we're going to be rebuilding the children's petting barn, the children's barn there on the Ag Museum, and get some more animals out there for uh, to have them there permanently. We'll bring them up where people can see them on Lakeland Drive, and and uh, kids can come and experience that, everything from uh, beef cattle to dairy and uh, lambs, uh, chickens, rabbits, you name it, that's going to be there. Uh, and the giant e- pig. Even hogs. Yeah, yeah. We, we have hogs, and there's going to be a concrete floor. That's going to be next year, and uh, we're excited about that uh, and, and and continuing that great tradition. Well, I mean, you know, you're into this this – you're going to have to run for re-election at some point, yeah. won't you? So, I mean, yeah. this, is this something you want to say, I, I want to do this now? This is Absolutely. Yeah, this is my new job. It is uh, something that I am excited about and uh, am already doing and look forward and want to continue to do. Uh, I, I will be running for uh, election in 2019. And uh, I, I know a little a thing or two about uh, campaigns. You've done gonna, it a couple times. I'm going to be running wide open and uh, looking forward to it and serving the good people of this of this state. I've been to 72 counties in the six and a half months I've been commissioner. You're a slacker. Come on. I, I you want, should have done all 82. I, I wanted to go to all 82 before the fair, but it's going to have to be by the end of the year. And it's on my schedule to go to all 82. And then we're going to sit down, put pen to paper, what I've heard from farmers, uh, and we're going to come up with a really exciting uh, program. Oh, that's cool. Um where do you think that where do you see agriculture going in Mississippi over the next 10 15 years? Agriculture has a very bright future in Mississippi. Uh we just sold the first Mississippi genuine Mississippi chicken mm-hmm. to India, the world's fastest growing country. Uh there'll be more people in India than there are in China in 4 years. Wow. That country's growing so fast and the one meat that they eat is chicken. And I told them when I was over there uh, if they ever had Mississippi fried chicken, they wouldn't want anything else. And they have bought some, and we want to send them more of that. That's our largest uh, part of agriculture, Mississippi poultry. Timber, timber prices are down. I've got some, uh, we've got some things working right now. I've hired someone, and all that person does is, I told them, chase timber markets like a hound dog chasing <laughs> a rabbit till we get one. And we got some exciting things happening on that front. And, of course, our row crops, cattle. And uh, uh, really, l- people want to buy locally. Right. They want to support the local farmer. Farmers markets, we have 90 today. We only had 20 10 years ago. That's the next big thing. And that's why the Genuine Mississippi program is so exciting. Uh, people want to buy from that Mississippi farmer and support not only the farmer, but our local communities. Oh, believe me, a, a homegrown fresh tomato is a lot better than one that, that was shipped in from California. You better know it. Uh, yeah, man, you're making me hungry now. I know. Well, you've been sitting and hitting me up with free biscuits, so it's only fair. Andy, good to see you. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks, Marshall, for having me. I God appreciate it. Once again, want to thank our guest today. It's Mississippi's new Agricultural Commissioner, Andy Gibson, for joining us and being in studio and, of course, helping me judge pretty cows on Friday. That was a lot of fun. If you missed any of today's program or want to hear past episodes, you can log on to our website at mpbonline.org. Now You're Talking is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio is produced by Michelle McAdoo. 
who we hope gets to feeling better. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week for more Now You're Talking, only here on MPB Think Radio.